Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. to bed with tension. Okay, maybe tomorrow will be better. I don't know. I don't know. So you're laying next to each other like this, and I'm like, okay, he's finally asleep. So I walk up, I get off, I mean, early marriage, go into the couch, and ball into the couch. And I began to realize, it, it, at some point very early on, God swapped it and said, you know, I'm not just bawling in self-pity. I'm crying to my dad. Very different. Very different. It's not a closed system of self-pity. It's, help me. I don't know how to do this. Elizabeth shares the challenges she and Pastor Robert experienced at the beginning of their marriage. The differences between men and women are great, but you'll learn why God designed marriage this way. Your Heavenly Father is the safe place where you can go and discuss your marital struggles. He will take care of you. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part three of their message, Marriage Tune-Up 1. reminded me of my hang-ups to heal me. He forced me to deal with them. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't come to God first. I wouldn't have known that all I would have known would be, and if I had stuck with my girlfriends and we would have processed it, they would have all agreed. I mean, that's the tendency when, when wives get together. I know, right? Like mine, he's the same way. And it's like, and we just commiserate. And it, all it does is send us home more self-righteous than we were when we left. So right about he's the problem. You see, I'm the martyr who has to live with it. And even though when you hear someone else say it, it may sound comical or even like satire, but it isn't. It's very much how it functions in most marriages I know of. And I still have to guard against it so many years later because that's the flesh. And that's why there's the power of the spirit. He who sows to the flesh will reap from the flesh destruction and death. And you see that in so many relationships. And he who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit. All that God offers, the personality of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of that is only found in the Spirit. It's not found in the flesh. You just can't find it that way. And another, like a motivator for me along the way was, our firstborn is a son. He was a child, a very masculine boy, born at that, came out like, roaring. And so I'm like, now I have two that I have to, you know, I have to, I have to come to understand masculinity. The very thing that I want, I, I love Robert, but I don't like that. And, and he's like, I mean, early marriage. And over time, I have to understand, that's what he talks about with being different. The fact that he's a man is good. The fact that I'm not is also good. It's, it, it's what makes us. And so over the time, and a lot of it, in relationship with God, I came to realize the fact that you're God and I'm not is also good. 
Same distinction. You are God. You're very different from me. He is man. He's very different from me. And I'm beginning to respect the fact that from that comes a wholeness that would not be when I just hung out with girls. When I just hung out with girls, and you will see this. It's so interesting every time you look at these same-sex married couples, they become like twins. They look like each other, men and women, because it's a mirror. We mirror ourselves. We become exactly like what we want to be. But what a marriage brings is something other than, something different. Does that make sense? But for us to respect that, we have to get out of the flesh way that says, I'm right, and I want somebody who affirms that I'm right. That marriage won't do that. It will on the other side of redemption. But there has to be the breaking. I remember my sister-in-law telling me, Robert's sister, saying um, that when people get married, it's like, it's like two circles that you have to break them both. There has to be a breaking for them to be one. And I remember thinking, that sounds poetic, <laughs> you know, it sounds good. Then reality hits. The way you break is not so good. It doesn't feel good, but it is. But you won't know that unless you have God's perspective, because from the human perspective, it makes no sense. The way, it, the way that worked for me was that we would have some tension that we did not know how to resolve. We just didn't know for years. So what do you do? I mean, many times we go to bed with tension. Okay, maybe tomorrow will be better, I don't know. Tomorrow, I don't know. So you're laying next to each other like this, and I'm like, okay, he's finally asleep. So I walk up, I get off, I mean, early marriage, go into the couch and bawl into the couch. And I began to realize, at some point very early on, God swapped it and said, you know, I'm not just bawling in self-pity. I'm crying to my dad. Very different, very different. It's not a closed system of self-pity. It's help me, I don't know how to do this. In my, and in many of your cases too, in my case, I'd left my country behind. I'd like, I have nobody here but him. And I don't like him, and he, he really does not like me. What am I gonna do? And, and so God, but in that crying into God, it's not, it really is very different from just rehearsing your own misery over and over in your own head. Can, is that clear? You cry to a father who can help you, and I know that I can tell my father everything without it tainting his perspective on Robert. If I tell my mom everything, it would pollute her view of Robert, right? It wouldn't be wise. I would forgive and move on, and she'd still hold on to the grudge. God doesn't do that. And so I learned that I can come literally to a father and say, help me, these are my broken pieces. I know he messed up, and I'm beginning to realize that he's not the only one here who did that, and I can't do it. Help me. And then all of a sudden, there comes this peace. And for me, and, and I don't know any other way around it, the peace is this. God said, I was enough for you before you ever met him. Do you remember that? Do you remember I redeemed you? I did, not him. I made you whole, and I'm still doing that, not him. When you were single, you weren't worried about all somebody wasn't doing for you. You were just exploring me and getting to know me. What changed? Why are you all of a sudden, like I am dessert and he's the male meal? It should be reversed. God is still my main meal. He is still where I get. It has to be. And over the years, when I forget that, and I do, and I make Robert the main, like by that I mean he, all my hopes are there. You make me feel like this, you should make me feel like that. You know what I mean? He becomes responsible for my internal life, for my soul. He can't. 
He's not God either. He can't carry that. She can't carry that. We can't. He can't make me feel anything. He can't heal me from what happened to me when I was a child. He cannot. God can use him, but it's in God's hand. Many times he doesn't know when it's being done. Does that make sense? That's why we put this first before we have the relational, the practical, the future, the other sessions. Because if this is not in place, all the rest is hollow. It has no foundation. And, and that's what was killing me in, in my early years when I was hearing all these. This is how, on a human level, horizontally, human to human, you make him do that by doing that yourself. Like these formulas that, that, that sort of, in, at its core, there's a control. There is something of controlling other people. At the core of what I believe the Bible says and what we hope to give to you this morning is the absence of control. It's the surrender of control. It's like, I can't, he can't, you can. But I don't even know what it is you want to do. I, because in the human realm, it's like there's this finished product. So my goal is a date night a week or a little bit, whatever it is, that we, for all of us it's different. For, all of, for most of us, it, it sounds good to ourselves, right? I just want him to lead me in devotion. That was such a, such a big answer on these. I just want him to lead me in devotion. But if he does not, God, let God lead you in devotion. For all of us, God is our first husband. We are betrothed to Christ first, and he is jealous for us. For all of us, not just for the women. He is jealous for us, lest the serpent takes us away from that simplicity where he's no longer God. And the reason he's jealous, we think of jealousy as something very negative, right? Jealousy is some weak person, like checking the spouse's phone and, ah, you know, fear and control, and it's because I'm so insecure, like, like a drain. That's not the kind of jealous God is. When God is jealous, it means there is something, like that scripture from Song of Solomon, love is a powerful thing. Love is a power, and it must be guarded. It is a strong fire that has to be guarded well, or, it f or like his, own, his person, where it's like, otherwise it sparks into the next person who comes along and makes me feel a certain way. You know what I mean? It sparks all over the place if it's not guarded. God is jealous. But one of the biggest things, even if we have no other gods, even if we have no affairs, is that he or she becomes the idol, and he is jealous because it destroys us and it destroys our marriages. And you cannot build a good marriage if the other person is your main meal, the object of your hopes. You cannot, because they can't, they're just human. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. What you just heard may have set some questions off in your spirit about who Jesus is and why he's so important. If so, keep listening. Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're listening today and, and you're thinking, man, I really need God in my life. You know, I, I've wandered away or, or remember, maybe you're just searching. It's the first time you're really getting serious about having a relationship with God. And, you know, I remember when I felt that way, and, and to be honest, I, I, I felt really kind of exasperated and crummy and, and like it was probably impossible. Well, it's not impossible. The Bible says that God loves you so much right where you are. He understands that we're messed up. The Bible tells us, I mean, He knows we're human. He knows that we're flawed. He knows that we're sinful, imperfect human beings. That's why the Bible says He sent Jesus in the first place to come and die on the cross 
to pay for our sin, to pay for our wickedness, so that all we have to do is open our hearts to him and receive the pardon, the forgiveness that he's offering. He wants a relationship with you. I'd love to give you more information about that. Listen, I'd love to pray with you about that, even if electronically. Just go to our website, mainthingradio.com. There's all kinds of info on the website about how to begin that relationship with Jesus, how to begin that that personal relationship with God, how to study the Bible. We can give you all kinds of information about that if you'll just reach out to us and let us know that you need it. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website again is mainthingradio.com. We're so glad you joined us today and be sure to tune in again to Main Thing Radio.